So, yeah, revival's coming up tonight. What time tonight? Six, right? Now, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at what time? Seven. Just as a reminder, okay? And again, I know that it's been discussed and talked about already, but I just want to remind you, number one, um, we are looking for people to take the evangelist speakers out for a meal. Um, if you're interested in doing that, you need to let me know, okay? Um, I think we've got Tuesday covered, and then Glenn and Mary said they wanted to do one, but they have not told me which date yet that they want to do. So if you're interested, let me know. You can take them out tonight if you're interested, if they haven't already eaten. Um, and then I would encourage you, if you're wanting to take them out Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, that service starts at 7. You probably want to go out to eat around 5 so that they could be back here um, no later than 6.30 just for preparation, okay? So that's going on. Now, Wednesday, what are we doing Wednesday night? Ice cream social, okay? So we're asking you all to bring ice cream, and the church will provide all the toppings and things like that, okay? Just so everybody knows, all right? Okay, so does anybody know the theme for our revival this week? Magnify, okay? And so what I want to do this morning is talk to you uh, a little bit about that and, and lifting up, I'm going to share with you a couple prayers that I'm asking you all to pray during this week and, and really starting this afternoon of praying these things. But before I do, I want to share with you what exactly it means to magnify and, and, um, and define that. Uh, I heard a story just recently of a, of a gentleman that was down in Georgia, Macon, Georgia, and uh, it was a Sunday, and he had went after church, he had went to a close friend's house, and their little daughter, who had not attended church before, was there, and she had actually went to church that day and went to Sunday school, and so this gentleman asked her, what what did you learn in Sunday school, and who was your teacher, okay? And the little girl looked at this gentleman and said, um, I can't tell you my teacher's name. I don't know her teacher, my, her name. But she spoke about Jesus the whole time. And then she said, so I'm assuming that's probably Jesus' mother, okay? And, and then, of course, you know, the, the gentleman went on to share with 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 the little girl um, why she spoke about Jesus. But I got listened to that story and, and thought to myself, now that is what it means to magnify Christ. To the point that we don't really care if people remember who we are as long as we can leave people with knowing who Christ is. That's what it means to magnify Christ. Uh, the most famous verse, I think, that people often talk about in this is um, in John where it says, He must, what? Increase and I must decrease, right? And so that's what it means to magnify. So if you're, for example, if you're looking in a, um, in a magnifying glass, what does it do to what you're looking at? It enlarges it, right? And so this has been... This is why we chose to make this our theme is that over these next couple days, it is our prayer that God will be enlarged. 
okay, that he will be enlarged. Some of you here are probably thinking to yourself, Pastor Matt, it's awfully hard to enlarge something that you can't see in your life right now, okay? Um, At the retreat I did just this weekend, one of the young men who was leading worship on Friday night got up and he shared a story. And it's a story I'd heard before, but but it was meant for me to hear again. And it may be a story you've heard before, but it may be a story you need to hear again. He said that there was a family living in a home and their house caught on fire. Everybody runs out of the house and when they're out there, they're all set, sitting at the mailbox and they're like, oh no, looking at their house burned down and they notice that one of the kids is still in the house. Okay, And so the father, afraid, goes to try to run in and go upstairs to, to rescue his child but he realizes that he can't, he can't make it because stuff is falling, the fire is too, too strong. And so he sees his son standing outside the window saying, help, 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 but there's smoke everywhere. And so the father hollers up and says, son, jump, I'll catch you. Some of you have heard this story. Son, jump, I'll catch you. And the son says, I can't see you, the smoke's too strong. And the father says, it's okay, jump, because I can see you. And to me, I thought, man, that is powerful. That even when we may not be able to see God in our situation, and it's going to be hard to magnify God in our situation, it's encouraging to know that God still sees us, isn't it? And we have to be reminded of that. Let's pray together. Father, as we look into your word here in a few moments and just talk about how we can magnify you this week. I pray that you will take the distractions of this week, push them to the side so that we can focus upon you and magnify you in this moment. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. So here's the main thing I want you to to walk away with today is that God is magnificent. Okay? And if God is magnificent, he is worthy of being magnified. Okay, so God is magnificent, therefore he is worthy to be magnified. And I want to share with you from Psalm 69, verses 30 through 34. Now, it all depends on what version of the Bible you use, okay? The version I use uh, for this morning is the New Revised Standard Version because it specifically says the word magnify in it. Now, other versions will say glorify, okay, which is similar. But let me read this passage to you. Again, it's Psalm 69, verses 30 through 34. And it says, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hoofs. Let the oppressed see it and be glad. You who seek God, let your hearts revive. Hey, there's something good for us in revival, isn't it? That our hearts will be revived. Verse 33, For the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his own that are in bonds. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moves in them. So, I've already shared with you what 
magnify means. I'm going to share a couple more definitions. But one, um, in the International Standard Bible Dictionary, it says that it literally means to make great, to extol, or to celebrate in praise. And then in Vine's Dictionary, it says again, to make great. And then it says, which I like, to magnify means to magnify. Doesn't that draw you, um, doesn't that just make you go nuts? I think it was Wednesday night, we were in Bible study, and we were asked you all to look up a specific word, and then Brenda read the definition, and it had the word in the definition. That doesn't help us, does it? Okay? And so the best picture you can get is to magnify, is to enlarge, to make it great. And we do this in several ways as Christians. We either magnify ourselves, okay, or we're magnifying God. But we're often doing one of the two. And for many of us, we're much more guilty of magnifying ourselves more than we are about magnifying God. And I'm going to explain that to you. Let me share with you three prayers that I want to encourage you to pray this week during revival. Here's the first one. Pray, Lord, enlarge yourself in our church and in my life. Okay, can you pray that this week? Lord, please enlarge yourself in our church and in my own life. When I was, um, when I was in high school, and I know this may be hard for y'all to picture, I took, um, every year I took weightlifting class. I was on the uh, basketball team, and since we were athletes for the school it was required they required us to take weightlifting okay and so i can remember um my 10th grade year going from 95 pounds bench pressing y'all can laugh that's okay it was a big deal for me and i finally made it up and moved up and by the way 95 pounds so the bar is 45 pounds and they'll put 25 uh pound weight on this side and a 25-pound weight on this side. And I'm not exaggerating, those of you who've lifted weights, the 25-pound weight is about this big, okay? Now, when you get really strong, like the other guys in my class, they were putting, okay, 35 pounds and 45 pounds. Now, the 45-pound weights are about this big, okay? And so you know when they're lifting weights and you see those big weights on the side, they know what they're doing. Well, here I was with my little 25s, you know, pushing, pushing, pushing. And I finally moved up to the 35 pounds. Went from here to here. And I bowed up in my weightlifting class, and I went and told all my friends, I was like, yeah, I am getting strong. I'm going to catch up with you. And I'm talking all this junk to, to my friends. And, and I never will forget, Clint McNabb, I was a sophomore. Clint was a senior. Clint was a strong Christian. And Clint called me to the side, and he said, Matt, you need to stop boasting in yourself. And I thought he was going to say, because there's not a lot to boast about. But he responded back, and he said, you know what the Bible says, Matt? You're a Christian. You're called into ministry. The Bible says that you're not to boast in yourself, but you are to boast in Christ. What a teachable moment. Now, that was in 10th grade, and I still remember being called out one-on-one, um, and one of my good friends saying, Matt, you are called to boast in Christ. My response is, where does it say that in the Bible? 
Okay? Well, let me share with you 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 31. And it says this, Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. See, what I was doing was, I was magnifying myself instead of magnifying God. We're guilty of that. Pastors are extremely guilty of that. Pastors are in front of people a lot. And it's easy to magnify yourself instead of magnifying the cross and magnifying what Christ has done. And I'm sharing that with you to let you know that, hey, you're not alone in that struggle. Pastors struggle with it too. But we are called to boast in the Lord. Why? Because Scripture tells us to. And it tells us that we are to magnify him in several different ways. But what the passage tells us today is that we are to magnify him with thanksgiving. I'm going to share something with you about that. So look right there at verse 30. It says, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Okay, with thanksgiving. So here's the second prayer. I want you to pray. Lord, remind us of the blessings we have received so that we can magnify you through thanksgiving. Again, Lord, remind us of the blessings we have received so that we may magnify you through thanksgiving. So, driving um, last, last night, we celebrated uh, Laura's birthday down in um, her birthday's May 9th, and so we were celebrating with her family down in Shelby. And as I was driving back, I was in the car. It was just me and me and Natalie uh, driving back, and and Laura was in the car behind us. And you know, I'm just sitting there thinking about all of these um, things that's been taking place in my life here recently, and, and in my wife's life, and uh, you know, and you begin to just dwell on those things, and it begins to affect you emotionally but it also begins to affect the way the way you the way you handle yourself with other people you become much more on the edge okay much more on edge and so i'm driving and i'm just sitting there thinking of everything that's taken place and just how on edge i am and i'm listening to the radio and then i thought you know what I, I need to be filled up by god right now because this is this is just hitting away at me and so i turn it to uh, 94.1, the Christian station, and I just start listening to music, the Christian music, and the Lord begins just to speak to me, and one of the songs that came on was Reckless Love, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with that song, but that came on, and then another song came on just talking about how good God is, and here I am, you know, just dwelling on everything that's happened, and I'm magnifying the problems instead of magnifying how good God is. Do you hear me in that? And what happens when, at least for me, and I, and I would assume that I'm normal and that you all could, would have, this would happen to you too, that when you magnify your problems, you just kind of get in this valley. And, and then you become on edge and you become ill and, and all these things take place because of what's going on because you're magnifying the issues instead of magnifying the goodness of God. And so right there in my car while I'm driving down Interstate 40, God just reverses that for me and says, Matt, I am a good God, 
won't you think about that for a little while? Think of all the blessings you have received from me, not only before the, everything that's happened, but even while it was happening, and even at this very moment. And so here I am, knowing I'm going to preach on this, and God's preaching to me, saying, you know what, you need to magnify me with thanksgiving. Why do we need to do that? Why do we need to enlarge what God has done for us instead of enlarging the issues we're going through? Because it is an honest expression that we have not accomplished the blessings on our own. Do you hear me? The reason why we magnify God with thanksgiving is because we are expressing to God, hey God, you have blessed me and it's not something I've done on my own. It all comes from you. Okay? It all comes from you. Not only that, but when we say thank you to God and we express gratitude to God for the things he's done, it also points other people to God instead of pointing people towards ourselves and towards our issues. We are often very quick to share with other people the issues we're going through, aren't we? And we magnify. We want people to feel sorry for us and to understand what we're going through, so we magnify the problem. But what Scripture calls us to do is not to magnify the problem for everybody else, but to magnify how God has helped us through the midst of that problem. The biggest testimony that we can have is to say, yeah, I went through that, but let me give thanks to God for how he was with me in the midst of that. That's magnifying God in our life. And church, I know that I need to pray that God will enlarge that in my life and in our church. And the third prayer I want to encourage you to pray is, God, may you be pleased with the worship that we lift up to magnify you. God, please be pleased with the worship we lift up to magnify you. The scripture tells us right there in Psalm 69, it says, this will please the Lord. What will please the Lord? That we magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hoofs. So more than what you could give to God for worship and sacrifice, magnifying God pleases him more than any of these other things. Some years ago, a um, young man, not that intelligent, in college, um, decided that he was going to apply for um, an overseas trip to be a student overseas, okay? And while he was overseas, he was going to be a missionary, okay? So he goes to this village, and as I said with you, he had a heart of gold, and his only passion and desire was to live for the Lord, but he wasn't very smart academically, and so he couldn't learn the other language, but he still wanted to go. So he goes to this village, and he can't speak with the people at all because he cannot learn the language. But he continues to live out Jesus in front of them, and he continues to try to magnify Christ with what he's doing. And he continues and continues. And one day, another missionary comes in who could speak their language. 
And he goes up to the natives and they said, what does it mean to be a Christian? Now, the young student whose name was Mr. Ray was over to the side, wasn't near them, okay? And this other missionary sitting there talking to them and saying, what does it mean to be a Christian? And they just kind of looked at each other because they haven't heard the gospel because the guy couldn't preach the gospel to them. Only thing he could do was live it out in front of them. One of the natives spoke up and said, and they pointed over to Mr. Ray and said, that's what it means to be a Christian, to live like Mr. Ray. Okay? Do you know that you can magnify Christ just through the way that you live? I have so many people tell me, I can't be an evangelist. I can't be a preacher. I can't be a missionary. I can't be da da da. I don't know the Bible well enough. Okay? Listen to me. If Mr. Ray can preach the gospel just through the way that he lives, don't sell God short of working and, and living in you. The question is, is whether you're willing to surrender your life to God so that he can be magnified in your life. So I want to close with. A couple of questions. I'm going to ask the praise band to come up. Let me remind you before I ask you these questions of the three prayers I want us to pray this week. One, Lord, enlarge yourself in our church and in my life. Secondly, Lord, remind us of the blessings we have received so that we may magnify you through thanksgiving. And then the third prayer is, God, may you be pleased with the worship we lift up to magnify you. God loves to be magnified. Scripture teaches us that. He loves to be magnified. So here's my questions that I want us to think about. Number one, how have you been magnifying God in the church? Okay. How have you been magnifying God in the church? And how have you been magnifying God in your personal life? Can people see God being enlarged in your life? Or are they seeing other things? We, we can enlarge a whole lot of things in our life. But are we enlarging Christ in our life and in our church? Secondly, okay, are you willing to let God be enlarged in your life? Are you willing to surrender that? Surrender your life. Again, a powerful moment. This weekend happened um, yesterday morning while we were in this sanctuary, and the gentleman got done, Christian Borman got done preaching, and it was about 10 o'clock, and he made the comment, he said, you know, what it means to be a Christian is that you say, I've died to myself, and it's no longer I who live. And we've heard that a million times, haven't we? But do we really understand what that means? That you're basically saying when you become a Christian, Lord, this is no longer my life. This is your life. No longer my life. And so I was reading a devotional just this morning by J.D. Walt in the book of Ephesians. And he was talking about, he said, that may mean for you and I, that we need to send that letter that God's been telling us to send the letter to. It may mean that you have to resign from your full-time job because God's calling you to do something else. Because it's His life, not yours. 
it may mean that you have to sell your house and pack up your things and go somewhere that you weren't expecting to go because it's not your life, it's God's life. Are you willing to surrender that to God? That's what it means to be a Christian, is that we are willing to say, God, this is your life. May you be magnified in it. Whatever that means, may you be magnified. I'm willing to surrender and go and do what you've called me to do. I'm going to ask you to stand. I want to pray for us. Then the praise band, I think, is going to sing a song for us. And then I'll close this in prayer. Father, we talk a lot about magnifying you. Truth is, Lord, our human nature seeks to magnify ourselves. The Lord, as we have already spoken, that since you are magnificent, you are worthy to be magnified. So help us, Lord, to stop magnifying ourselves and to magnify you. Help us to stop magnifying others and to help magnify you. Help us, Lord, to realize that the life we are living here is your life and not our own. Lord, help us, we pray in Christ's name.